All right, everybody, I want to thank you all for joining us again for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited to be back. Uh, you know, been doing kind of some one-on-ones, trying to get my feet wet. Everybody knows that's been listening, following that I had my baby girl, Hendrix, Pam, Amanda, Amanda, all these names we have, but she is a blessing. And she's gotten to the place now too, where even though I've been serving on the motherhood side, she says, mommy, I'm good now. You can go ahead and get back to what you do. So what better way to open up the month of March? Women History Month. I asked God, I said, how do you want me to do this? How do you want me to flow back in this thing? And he gave me Proverbs 31. And I took a look at that. It's something my mother and I, my, my siblings, we you know constantly think about my mother in that role. And I said, God, you got to give me this. You got to give me those individuals that embody this Proverbs 31 type of individual course reached out to people put that out there and some names came flying across and this servant leader tonight I tell you God aligns things because this name was at the top of my list to reach back out to when I came back from maternity leave today we have servant leader coach Patty with us I laughed because earlier I said to her I said coach looking forward to the tonight and I said my bad I didn't mean to call you coach I call everybody coach and she said it's good with me because I do the same thing so I knew Kendrick Spirits, uh just an amazing individual she is the associate uh, athletic director at Hartford Community College. She also is the founder of an amazing endeavor we're going to talk about today, uh, the Hooper Mentality Foundation, and just a servant leader. And so I'm so thankful because one of the key pieces she said before we get started, she said, I do a lot of these. This is my first one where I get to talk about my faith. So we're going to do just that. So I thank you so much for being here. I thank you for your time. And I'm going to pass the torch to you to say hello to our listeners, and we're going to get this conversation started. Coach, thank you again for having me. This It's an honor, first off, to kick it off um, and for it to be your your comeback season, you know, Proverbs 31 comeback <laughs> I love season. It. So I'm super excited about that. Congratulations on your daughter. Motherhood is a beautiful thing. Thank um, you. And it, it just, it brings us even closer because we're women and, and mothers. So um, as you mentioned, my name is Coach Patty Medina, I am the founder of Hooper Mentality Foundation that was originally based out of California, but over the years we've been able to spread across the United States, um, and we do basketball camps throughout the U.S. and in Mexico, and within these camps we focus on the mental health aspect of student, for student-athletes, and so um, our main goal is to run these camps for free and to be able to uh, target these communities that need it the most. Uh, we also started doing a, um, a all women's or all girls uh, camp. So we did Her Time to Play. We, we connected with the WNBA's program, Her Time to Play. So we did that and that was all about women empowerment. It was uh, all women coaches and then all girls camp. So that was fun. And then most recently, I became the Associate Athletic Director here at Hartford Community College. Um, a lot of people think it's in Hartford, Connecticut, but it's actually in Baltimore, um, in Hartford County, outside of Baltimore. And so um, I've been here for a month and a half, but in, in Baltimore itself, I've been here for about a year and a half. And so it's been great to be able to get acquainted with the community, get connected with like-minded individuals. I've met some amazing women, too, that... I'll make sure to send you names so that you can connect with them because um, they're doing amazing things here in the Baltimore community. And I'm the type of person that like, you know, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I always try to reach out to people that are already powerhouses in the community. And I want to see how I can be a servant leader. And so that's what, you know, we're here to, we're here to talk about. And again, it's an honor to be here. 
Oh, it's an honor to have you. It is so an honor to have you. And it's so funny when we just kind of talked to each other a little bit here and there before this day, I was like, oh, I already know. I'm going to be super excited. I feel the energy. Uh, so just, you know, starting us off, I think one of the biggest things about what you said and what people don't realize is along with your titles, we talk about titles all the time. Individuals have titles and those are things a lot of us chase. But all the time I say this on this platform, it's not just the position. We can't forget about who positioned us there, right? So of course you're a leader in so many different aspects. You definitely coach for quite some time as well. Can you talk about how you ensure that that servant leader piece flows through you? We have our leaders, but how do you ensure that that servant leader piece kind of makes its way when you step in the corridors of Hartford or in the athletic realm? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, thank you. One of the things that really made me hone in on the servant leader aspect of my title was that when I stopped coaching, um, people were still calling me Coach Patty. You know, and they were like, hey, Coach Patty, hey, Coach Patty, hey, Coach. And I thought, oh, maybe because it's my Instagram name. But then I started to realize that, you know, coaching is is what we do, but it, at at some point throughout our career, it becomes who we are, you know, and it becomes part of us that you, you can't really even separate from it. And so one of the things that I've realized, especially after COVID and after my transition from coaching, I coached for 16 years. And so I coached at the junior college level, high school level, um, at the four-year NAIA level. And so when I stepped away from coaching, that was one of the things that I was most worried about was like, am I still going to be impactful Am I still going to be purposeful? Am I still going to be able to pour into these young men and women? And so what I realized, you know, that who you are really transcends your title, you know, and if you continue to just be genuine with what you're doing and how you're doing it, you're, you're forever going to be Coach Patty. I could probably be baking or, you know, owning a bake shop and I'll still be Coach Patty because of how I'm going to lead my bake shop, you know, how I'm going to talk to my staff, how I'm going to lead my staff, how I'm going to lead those that, you know, I mentor. And so a lot of times we get stuck on, like you said, the titles and what they, they're supposed to represent. But at the end of the day, like, you know, I had a friend when I first came into my faith that when I met him, he, I was like, oh, so what do you do? He was like, yeah, I, I'm, I, I work in the kingdom of God. And so I was like, that's a weird answer, you know, and I was like, new in my faith. So I was just like, that's a weird answer. But then now in retrospect, I'm like, okay, he's right. Because at the end of the day, regardless of what we do, that's the ultimate title. You know, the ultimate title is that we're representing God. We're exemplifying. We're teaching others how God loves us and how we should be loved. And so that's one of the things that for me, I try to really focus on. Like, I don't preach a lot to my students, but the way that, and my student athletes, but the way that I carry myself um, makes them know like, okay, there's a higher power that she, you know, follows. There's a higher power that like just carries her energy. I hardly ever have a bad day, you know, because at the end of the day, like, um, I practice the presence of God in everything that we do, you know, and there's a book that, um, I wrote down and it's called the practice the presence of God by brother Lawrence. And in that book, it, it taught me how to be in the presence of God in everything that we do. So how you talk to people how you go about your day you know as the line at Dunkin Donuts like just anything you do like it is how you rep you're representing God you know and it's like how you talk to the people cleaning the gyms 
you know, and the janitors and the, and the cleaning staff and how you talk to the CEO in the offices. So um, I know it sounds cliche, but that is like the ultimate part of being a servant leader is that you treat others with respect and you're an example of, of God's love to them. I think that's golden. And I think that it that it is the, the true necessary piece. You said a whole bunch of things. I think that one, shout out to your friend, right? Because where he's mm-hmm. just working for the kingdom. And people hear me say all the time, I'm just running errands for the Lord. You know, a lot of times people will say, you know, oh, you're doing amazing. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. I'm just right. God runner. He gives me the to-do list and I just go and check it off. That is it. That is my yeah. job. That's what I do. No accolades given. But I think it's so amazing what you said, because so often we take this hat, right, of I'm a servant leader. We take this hat of I serve God. We take this hat of I'm a Christian, and we choose when we put it on, and we choose when we take it off. But the thing is, when we talk about the whole armor of God, and I'm going to give mm-hmm. you a peek, that's April, that's April. I yep. read the whole armor of God, that's not something that, you know, he doesn't say, hey, put this piece of the armor on today and then tomorrow. You know, my brother, uh, Pastor Dennis McNulty, he's on here often, he's a servant leader. He talked about the fruit of the spirit. And he said, some English majors will get mad. He said, but I need you to understand something. He said, the fruit of the spirit is plural, it's not plural, it's singular. You can't yeah. pick and choose which ones you wanna be. So yes, in a lot of Dunkin' Donut, I love Dunkin' Donut. So many mornings they make me upset to the point where I had to just say, hey, let me tell you how to make it, right? But I still have to ensure that because here's the thing. Sometimes we're the only Bible that people read right. and only God that people will see. What are we showing them? Yeah. Christine Kane says the best. She says, we are God's love letter. And when people read it, what are we saying? Yeah. It's perfect, right? Coach Paul says on here, he said, we have to walk with God 24-7. Come on here, 24-7, yeah. 365, 366 on the leap year. We have to do it. I love yeah. it. I think that's golden, 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 golden. You know, as we continue to, you know, talk through this servant leader piece. I love that we tapped into the mental health portion of what you do. I think so often, one of the things that we talk about here and there on this platform, I I know how it is a lot of times in different communities where when you are a believer, sometimes people feel that seeking therapy or worrying about your mental health, you can't have both. Right. I loved when I read that you tap into that. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of mental health why that was so important to you within this endeavor and just give a piece out there for those people who have a faith in God, letting them know it's okay, right? Yeah. With therapists too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because I have a friend, uh, my friend Monique, who's a former Hooper and, you know, used to coach and she has a shirt that says, I can have both God and a therapist. Yes. You know, and I'm like, you know, that's so true because a lot of times, especially in some communities, like we try to um, put pastors and, and leaders of our church as like our therapists. And at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you, they, they are ordained, you know, to speak the word of God and whatnot. But like, at the end of the day, like when you seek therapy, it's, it's different, you know, you have to sit with someone and really, um, just take out from underneath all, everything you've been packing on top of the problems, you have to uproot these problems, you know, and a lot of times, like, pastors have so many things that they have to do they don't have the time to do that and so when you seek out therapy you're allowing yourself that space to be able to say okay I have issues and I have problems that I need to deal with yes I'm strong in faith but at the end of the day like I still need to come to 
like dissect what it is that's going on so that I can better serve my family, serve myself, love myself and understand God's, you know, God's love for me. Because a lot of times, like, especially with mental health. So the way we started our camps um, about six years ago, I was hired by this organization called Hope Leadership Foundation. And what it was is, and this is how I came to my face. So what it was is he reached out to me and said, hey, can you run these basketball camps? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. That's not a problem. He's like, oh yeah, by the way, um, we break off and we do Bible study in the camps. And I was just like, okay, so who comes in and runs the Bible study portion? Like I'll do the basketball, like who does the Bible study portion? And he's like, oh, you. I'm like, I'm, I'm never open. I was like 24 at the time. I had never opened a Bible in my life, like to actually, you know, study it. And here I am supposed to teach these young ladies and men about, you know, walk with their walk with God. And so it got to a point where I realized like, okay, these are things that I need to invest in my own life and continue to develop in my life so that I can teach it. And so what we ended up doing is that these Bible studies ended up evolving into mental health sessions, right? So with mental health, you know, you talk about meditation, you talk about journaling, you talk, and those are things that we do in, in our faith. We, we journal, we pray, AKA meditate, you know, we, we listen to sermons, we listen to music, we pray before we eat, like different things that we're, you know, practicing the presence of now. It's like, Hey, the practicing the presence of now, just means like being grateful for your food before you eat it. You know, these are little practices that we do in our faith that now are being dubbed by mindfulness and, you know, like, and it's like, no, at the end of the day, it's, it's faith and you might title it whatever you want to title it. But at the end of the day, you're practicing the presence of God or a higher power or whatever, you know, like I have a lot of friends that are like, oh, well, and, you know, and so I try to tell them at the end of the day, you believe in something greater and you're practicing these things, whether you call it mindfulness or prayer, you're practicing it, you know, and, and you're faithful to it. And so I think at the end of the day, um, mental health and faith go hand in hand. But there are some situations where you you do need God and a therapist, you know, and I think it's important for us in our community, especially in the Hispanic and black community where it's it's frowned upon to seek out therapy. You know, um, it's important for us to change that stigma. And so that's something that we really talk to our, our campers. We talk to the parents. We have parents sit down during some of our conversations. We'll have sports psychologists come in and talk to the student athletes. We'll have pastors from local churches come into our camps and lead Bible studies. Um, and, it, and it's cool because like, I remember one time we had this like church, um, it was a city, city church in San Diego. And all the pastors were like 30, 24, like 26 to 34 years old. They showed up with like fitted caps, Jordans. And like the kids were like, yes, pastor? <laughs> we didn't know, like you didn't, we didn't know like pastors didn't have to wear gator boots and suits, you know? And so like, they started seeing these like cool guys that were speak, talking about the word and sharing the word. And they're like, okay, I can be cool and look cool and still be, you know, a man of God. And so it's very important for them to see that just like we say, it's important for them to see, you know, women in leadership positions and, and, you know, black and brown people in high positions of power and presidencies and things like that. It's important for them to also see that pastors and, and people within our community, you know, you can be cool and be a pastor. Like it's, you know, it's okay. And so 
um, yeah, it's it's important. Mental health and faith literally go hand in hand. Uh, you said so much in there, and just <laughs> city church because we have city church as well here and when they come to our school the same way our kids are like oh my god i can't believe he's a pastor like and it, but i but i think that it, it that just is a testament to at the end of the day many people didn't see jesus walking through the city right he he hung with everyone he didn't pick and choose he hung with every single body you know and, and i think more than anything I think uh, I had a shirt, it was a while ago, and it says, I'm swagged out for Christ, saved with his amazing grace. Yes. Swag I, I had the crew neck sweater. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes, I love it. And I and I think that the, the perfect part about that and everything that you mentioned is just, at the end of the day, we'll go, if we're having migraines or head problems, we're going to go to neurologists. God gave us them. Yeah. I want a heart. We're going to go to the cardiologist. God gave us them. So yeah. let me you if you're going to have an issue with your emotions your mental health god gave us therapists too just yeah. out there okay you take that as you will but putting it out there for you because yeah. we need to be at 100 up here to be able to serve and do his work so i thank you for that you know you mentioned this piece though and i just heard be y'all so ready be y'all so ready when you got to that camp and you were looking for that chaplain and you were looking for the person doing a bible study and, and the man said it's you god said it was yeah. you too right and so you said a key piece in there you said and so pretty much that was the time I was walking in my faith I'm 24 and I'm opening up this bible like oh okay uh where do we begin and so my grandma my mom they always would tell me and uh, coach KB shout out to her at Montreal College she actually comes on later this month and she hears me and she laughs every time I say this I don't like to get my hair wet okay I just don't like it and so therefore, I'm always prepared for the rain I'm always prepared for the storm. There's an umbrella in my car. There's an umbrella in my classroom. There's an umbrella in the office in my gym. There's an umbrella in my house. So wherever I go, I'm always what? Covered for the storm. Scriptures are that way, right? Yeah. They used to always tell me, keep a scripture in your heart. Don't go run, try to find the umbrella or try to find the scripture when you're in the midst of the storm. When it's in your heart, you're covered by it when the storms of life begins to rage. There are certain scriptures, right? Words of passions that just kind of brings us back to balance when those storms of life come. Yeah. Then blindside us though, Patty. Like, it's not like God said, hey, Patty, um, I'm gonna send a storm next Wednesday. So be right. ready. <laughs> Often blindsided by, you know, when he either sends the storm or gives the storm clearance to come, even if he didn't generate it. What are some of those scriptures that kind of guides you through or gives you the strength to kind of lead, serve and keep moving? Yeah, well, you know, just even touching back on how I had to teach the Bible study that week, the the we did memory verses. And so I didn't know at the time what a memory verse was. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's this verse that you have to memorize and you kind of just touch base on it all throughout the week. So I'm like, OK, what's what's the verse? And so this ended up becoming like my go to verse, which was Colossians 3.23. And so it's like whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. And so I'm like having to dissect this quote because I need to explain it to like eight, nine-year-olds. And they're like, well, we're not masters. We don't have Mary, not my master, you know, and I'm having to explain to them like what it is, what they're talking about as far as like, you know, do everything for the Lord and not for human human masters. And so I want, that's one of the quotes that for me, um, especially in the work field, in my workforce, when it becomes tedious, like when the work becomes tedious or when, um, there's no energy or I'm, I'm feeling down in energy or I'm feeling discouraged or I'm feeling like what I have to do is monotonous. I 
go back to that verse, right? Because I'm like, at the end of the day, like I'm not doing this for whoever's in the other office. I'm not doing this for whoever's in the higher office. Like I'm doing this because God presented me this opportunity to glorify him, to be able to do his work and, and do it with, you know, the best of my ability. And so that was one of them. My other one that is my go-to, and I always try to have like a women one. And Proverbs 31 was one that everybody kind of told me about. So I was like, I need another female like empowerment. And so um, one that spoke out to me and one of my former players actually shared it with me was Luke 145. Blessed is she who believes that uh, the Lord will fulfill all his promises to her. So that was one, that's like my girl power verse, you know? And so I try to um, teach my young ladies that. And then the last one is uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. So yeah, that's the good. So I had like my, I had a little rain with the verse on it, you know? And so that was one of the things that um, I told you, my friend who I first met when I, you know, first uh, came into my faith, he was telling me, he was like, you need to have these because like you said, it's part of our armor, you know, and we have to be able to like, when things hit the fan to be able to remind ourselves like, okay, hey, you got to trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord, you know? And so it's like, it, you know, Blessed is she who believes, blessed is she who believes. And so for me, it, it really got me through a lot of things because um, times get tough, you know, times get tough. And I mean, that would be a whole nother podcast of like everything that I went through with the, Come in, on the, now. <laughs> in the coaching field, because, you know, even before we came on, like I was telling you about a friend that like went through hard times because of coaching, you know, and then, and it's a very um, nitty gritty field you know it's a very nitty gritty field where you think that people that support you they really don't or at the end of the day they're admin so they have to do what admin people have to do you know and so you start to really question your value you start to really question who you are and like your purpose in life and so if you hold to these truths that God has presented to us you know in in the form of a bible verse then you start to realize like your validation doesn't come from the job that you have or had, it doesn't come from the wins and losses. It doesn't come from, you know, how your athletic director see you or any of that, you know, it comes from like, at the end of the day, if you can lay your head down in the bed and say, Hey, God, good and faithful servant. I did everything I could with everything I had, everything you gave me. I, I finished on E today, Lord. That's literally like how I go to bed every night. Like I finished on E today, Lord, like I'm ready for tomorrow, you know? And so those are things that for me, like, it's important to be able to have those verses to be, to make sure that you, it kind of reels you back, you know, it kind of reels you back in. I totally agree. Those are my favorite ones now. Come on now, especially when you rounded up with uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. And I, I think that the memory verse one, for those that are, you know, early in the faith, trying to grow stronger in the word, trying to say word, trying to find those scriptures within your heart, I, I would implore you to do the same thing, right? Yeah. You know, Pray, God, send me and fix me on that scripture that, you know, you want me to just fix my mind on and meditate my mind on. One of mine has always been 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, has always been. Yeah. Okay. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is on unseen. For the right. seen is temporary, but the unseen is eternal. And so often we get thrown off of our, you know, our rocker. We get thrown by the things that we see. We get thrown by the, the current state of events. We get thrown by the news cycles. We get thrown by what's trending on social media. We get right. all those things thinking that that is what's here to stay, thinking that those things are the things that are eternal and they're not. I'll never forget that was one of the things that I said, I'm an alum, 
of Livingstone College in Salisbury, North Carolina. And that was the scripture that I gave um, when I spoke at a convocation um, my senior year. And then I look now at just the amazing development. Shout out to Dr. Jimmy R. Jenkins Sr. He is the president of Livingstone College in Salisbury. That's why you're wearing your shirt. (laughs) That's why I'm wearing my shirt. Yes, I had to open it up and and rock that out today. I just felt it in my spirit. Uh, Just coming off the CIAA, both the men's and women's teams doing their thing. But I just think back in 2009 when I graduated, and I think now in 2022, and just watching that. There's so many examples I could give of that, but so often we're we're struck, stricken by the pain that we're currently in, not remembering that at the end, we win. He told us that. It was already foretold, right? So what happens? You're sitting in a game. I tell my girls this all the time. You go into games thinking that you're already going to win, and you play a different way. If it's a that we beat every single year and you know you're going to win you play with the utmost confidence well here it is people in the word he tells us we win it's not a secret he doesn't how we get to that point and some of the things we're gonna have to go through so we have to fix our eyes on the unseen the faith and the trust that we're going to get to the win side not on what's seen and so that's one of mine that keeps me going every single day y'all in the chat uh, here and in the chat on the stream put down those scriptures because we may not have heard of them put down that strip that scripture that keeps you going um, so that we can have that and kind of take those in. Um, but, you know, Patty, I, I, I really do um, think that so often it's easier said than done, yeah. right? I think that when I think of a song, I sing all the time, when the storms of life are raging, stand by me, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and I do that sometimes in my quiet hour devotion because it is so easy to say we have faith, right, when things are good. It is so easy to say that God is good and can do all of these things when things are good. But storms of life rage. Sometimes I don't remember those scriptures, right? Sometimes I can't remember that he's good. But what I tell people about that, the time is the same God that did it then is the same God that can do it now, right? And so when we talk about servant leadership, there's a piece of that servant leadership that allows us to be, I say all the time that I'm God's recruiting coordinator, okay? Yeah. You got recruiting like coordinators on the path <laughs> and on the team. I'm a recruiting coordinator. And that doesn't mean that we have to go out and, you know, just say, hey, you know, this, that, and the other, and then just, you know, knock on doors. That may not be your thing. But I think one of the biggest things as being a servant leader is our walk, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let your light so shine, right? So that men and women can see the good works and glorify our Father that's in heaven. So at Hartford, Hooper mentality, all of these things, and even in your walk in your life, when you're meeting somebody, you mentioned a lot of times being new in the faith. Talk to that listener for a second that's new in the faith, that thinks that there's this huge thing that you have to do. Can you give them some best practices or one of the things that helped you most when you first entered this faith to kind of help you get your feet wet? Yeah, yeah, no, um, it's funny because, you know, they say one of the things that I learned when I first came into my faith is that God's going to bring faith and what's most attractive to you, right? And so um, when I got introduced to my faith, I was so adamant about wanting to get married, like wanting to like meet my tall, handsome man. And, you know, and so I was just like, I was so oppressed. Like I was trying to make that be like my end all be all, you know? And it was like one of those things where it's like, I was trying to force it. And so, um, crazy part is like I was out with some friends at a bar and this guy like came and stood next to me and then we were chit-chatting and then we ended up being in like the same line later down the line 
um, later down the, throughout the night. And so then we started talking. It turns out he used to coach basketball and play basketball. And then he's the one that was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a soldier for the kingdom of God. And so then part of me was like, that's weird. You know, that's weird that he did that and that, that he said that. But then we ended up having conversations afterwards. And I think one of the biggest takeaways for me that he told me and that he was able to teach me is that it's going to look different for everybody else, right? It's, it's no like cookie cutter uh, relationship with God. So like for some people, they'll do their 6 a.m. devotional. Some people do the night before the night, before they go to bed. Some people practice the presence of God 24-7, you know, or they set us, like I, I could be sitting here listening to some jazz music and then just go into a quick moment of prayer and a quick moment of devotion, you know? And I think what for me, um, growing up, I grew up Catholic and so, you know, we had the rosaries, we had the, you know, pound the chest and, you know, ask for forgiveness. And so for me, it was religion was presented in a way that it didn't feel like a relationship. And so then once I met my friend, I realized like, oh, hey, having faith is having a relationship with God, you know? And so like, I remember once I had my son, he's 13 now, but like the way we pray to God is like, if like, that's a friend. You know, it's a friend, it's a confidant, it's someone that we trust, it's someone that like, you know, is a, a, a therapist in a sense, but also someone that like, we just say, hey, God, like, this is what's happening. This is how I feel. Um, but I trust that anything and everything, you know, is going to work for, for the greater good. And so I think for me, one of the biggest things, one of the biggest takeaways, and the one thing that didn't turn me away when I was young in my faith, and that was something that I hope other people understand is that, um, it's, it looks different for everybody. You know, I have a friend that um, actually she lives in Silver Spring now out here in, in Maryland. And when she walked in her face, she like threw away all her CDs. You know, we, back in the day, we had the big CD cases. She like threw away all her CDs. She took it back. She like, she like started wearing turtlenecks every day, all day and like long skirts. And, you know, like it was like a complete change. And for me, it was like, well, if I have to do, if I have to completely change, to have a relationship with God, like that's, I don't know how I feel about that, you know? But then I meet a friend that says, no, God will take you as you are and he's gonna amplify the best parts of you Come to on. where you don't even wanna move that way, you know? And so like now, you know, even now, like if I post a picture and it, I'm showing a little too much skin, I don't even feel comfortable with that anymore because it's like, that's not how, how I am. That's not who I represent like or like I'll put it up and I'm just like ah it's not sitting right it's not sitting right and I'll give myself like 24 hours and then if it's still not sitting right after 24 hours like I'm archiving the picture you know I'm I'm deleting the tweet whatever it is like it's one of those things where it's like your relationship with God is going to be different from the person next to you and I think a lot of times um especially us you know I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna dub myself recruiter too so sometimes when we're recruiting, like they yeah. see like, oh, hey, it has to look like that, you know, or it looks like that person. And I, and so one of the things for me, especially working with a younger generation, is that making it appealing, making it appealing to have a relationship with God is very yes. important. You know, it's very important. So um, that's one thing, like I said, that's one thing I would tell someone that is is new in their faith or is, is, is considering it or is like on the edge is like, hey, 
just because that person wakes up every single day at 6 a.m. and prays for three, four hours, it doesn't mean you have to do the same. You know, everybody's relationship will be different with God. And at the end of the day, um, you know, just having one, I think, is is the most important part of it. I think you said a mouthful, but one of the things that stuck me, I was like, oh, my goodness. You said God takes you as you are. He says that, right? Come as you are, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever will, let them come. Yeah. But then you said that extra piece. You laid an extra, added an extra chicken finger in the chicken plank <laughs> sauce. And you said, and he takes the best parts of you and he amplifies them. Oh my God, that's golden. And I think that's the part we feel like we have to get ready for God, right? Wow. We feel like we got the clean, I got to clean up first. I got the, I got to get my mind right. I have to, no, you don't. No. Why? Because that's how the world makes us think. Yeah clean up. I have to do this. I have to do that to be acceptable. I'm acceptable already. Why? Because I'm his. Right. Right. You know, I think the world lays out this huge resume and all of these requirements in order to be accepted. He says, whoever will let them come. Right. And as again, I love Christine Kane. Everybody knows that she said, anybody else, if you listen to you breathing, you're a whosoever will. (laughs) Okay. If you're confused about that. Agreed. (laughs) You are a whosoever will. You're a huge, I'm whosoever will, let them come. And you don't have to clean yourself up to do that. You're his, right? It's like pick up Hendrix and shout out the, you know, the people that care for her. She's always so clean. But look, if I came to pick her up and she's just food all over her and dirty, I'm not going to be like, "Mm -mm, you got to clean her. No, she's mine. So I'm picking you as you are. I I love you as you are. And then we're going to go clean you up. And that is how Christ is. But I, I love that part that you said that he amplifies the best parts, right? Y'all have a purpose. I, I made a tweet the other day and I said, so often I feel that um, we're in competition with other people because we don't understand our calling. Yeah. We have imposter syndrome. And I feel yeah. that we recognize the relationship. You also said, it's not about religion. It's about the relationship. Yeah. And we it, get it so often. It, it's interesting you mentioned that because that's one of, in one of my notes. So this morning I had the uh, pleasure of being on the MIAC uh, Women in Athletics Conference. Nice. It was like super empowerful, super empowering. And in one of them, one of the uh, guests asked, like, how do you guys deal with the imposter syndrome? And her answer was like, you said golden, right? So she said, Imposter syndrome is when you aren't comfortable and you don't know your purpose, because if you knew your purpose, you wouldn't feel like an imposter. Come on you, wouldn't, now. you wouldn't feel like, um, she, what did she say? She was like, if you know, and you're, you know that you are ordained to be in this space and you're rooted in your purpose, there's no way you will suffer from imposter syndrome because you already know what you bring to the table, what you are bringing to this or the organization and you know that nobody else can duplicate that because it is it before I formed you in the womb I knew you like that's literally what he says and there's nobody that can say the opposite can, can do the opposite can say the opposite and duplicate what you do and so it's funny you said imposter I literally have it in my notes like imposter syndrome because <laughs> it's, it's important you know and I, I've asked that question before and I always get the answer like oh you know we just just try to like, try to like talk yourself out of it. And this is that. And the, and this lady, um, her name was um, Angela Woods. 
and she was a part of the MEAC. And she was like, no, pretty much said, screw imposter syndrome. Like if you walk in your purpose, you walk into every room as yourself, genuine, and you know what you bring to the table and that imposter syndrome will quiet, quiet up, you know? So it's awesome that, that you mentioned that. I love it. Shout out to you, Angela Woods. I do not know you. I yeah. have paths crossed with you one day because that is that is again indeed golden. And why y'all will hear me say that often for those that uh, don't <laughs> podcast. And the reason being is because there's a scripture I love a lot that says that anyone can find the dirt in someone, be the one to fold, right? And so when I hear good things, when I hear things like that, that's a good word to push us forward. You're gonna hear me say that's golden, right? Because yeah. we easily talk bad and find bad. But when something's good, you have to shout that thing out. And I think that that is, I think that more than anything, we we know our stuff, right? So of course you coach basketball for a long time and I'm sure you know other sports too, but we know our stuff, right? Walk in the midst of a conference, a workshop, a webinar, and we will talk our stuff. I go up to uh, a room with you and we're talking basketball. We're going to sit and strategize because we know our stuff, Right. right? I think that when we get, uh, the lack of confidence when we're not able to stand firm is when we don't know what we're talking about. Right. We're not knowledgeable of what we're talking about. And so here's, yeah. a, we're talking about King Jesus. That's another song. I'm talking about King Jesus. He's a friend of mine, right? And mm-hmm. so if we know him, if we get to know him, not religion, but relationship, right? we will actually have more confidence to walk in that grace. We'll have more confidence because we'll hear what our calling and our assignment is, then yeah. we will have imposter syndrome because what our assignment is, we'll know and we'll be so busy doing that, we don't have time to try to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That's golden. Yes, Patty. Golden. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The sponsor for this episode is Hydronique Hydration Electrolyte Powder Drink Packets. It started in the midst of a pandemic. The founder of Hydronic Hydration, a frontline healthcare worker, started developing constant headaches due to the constant wearing of PPE, research showed. The founder looked for a healthy drink with all the necessary vitamins and minerals, but with no sugar, something that was keto-friendly and healthy. But most powdered drinks on the market have a ton of sugar and caffeine. That's why he created Hydronic Hydration. It's sugar-free, keto-friendly, plant-based, antioxidant-rich, electrolyte powder packets for daily use. It contains all the essential vitamins and minerals with a refreshing taste. There's products that contain elderberry, which has immune-boosting properties for support during cold and flu season. So if you are having trouble with eating and drinking healthy during your busy day in 2022, but you want a sugar-free, keto-friendly vitamin drink, give Hydronique Hydration a try. There are 30 electrolyte powder packets in a pouch, perfect for a one-month supply. You can visit the website www.hy.com. D-R-O-N-I-Q-E hydration.com. That's www.hydronicehydration.com. It's the words hydration and unique matched together. Or you can search for Hydronique Hydration on Amazon.com where they are offering a discount coupon at checkout for the next week. You can find the links in my bio. Go now and get yours today. Hydronique Hydration. You know, it's so amazing. We talk about Proverbs 31, right? Um, so many different scriptures to that, the description of uh, a servant leader in general. Uh, we talk about Proverbs 31 women, and, and, and of course, but the attributes of that um, also flow through on, on my men folk too. So don't think that 
love that we are moving out to the left. I appreciate um, my, my young men that are tapping in, but we talk about Proverbs 31 in leadership, right? We do have leaders and we have leaders that don't believe what we believe, right? right? When you lead as associate AD, when you lead in your foundations, when we talk about the proverb 31 woman, what does that look like and mean to you as you walk out of your home every single day and you know who you serve? You have yeah. a title, but you know who you serve. What does that look like and mean to you? Yeah, no, that's that's something that like every day, you know, like you said, you walk out of the house and you have to know that how you're going to deal with anything that's thrown at you. And so I think one, for me, the most important part is that dealing with anything or any situation um, with, by pursuing like the wisdom of God, right? So if I'm pursuing um, to be Christ-like in the sense of like everything that, how he did it, how he managed, right? He was, he was empathetic. He was healing. He was aware. He was um, stewardship, like all these things that he exemplified is I walk out of my house and say, okay, these are the things that I want to exemplify. And I've been put in situations where you have to make a decision and the decision that's the administrative decision, again, doesn't sit right with me. I have to like hold steady to my belief and my walk in, 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 walk in faith and knowing that like, okay, if I make this decision, even though it's contrary to what everyone's telling me to do, but I know that in my heart, like I'm supposed to give this person another opportunity, or I know in my heart that, hey, we might have to part ways with this person. You know, these are things that for me, um, as long as the intention and the purpose behind every decision and, and the way I, I, I interact with others, as long as it's in, rooted in, in genuineness and like love, I think that's something that for me makes it easy to deal with other people. And I know that a lot of times um, in my younger younger years, like I dealt with a lot of people incorrectly because I myself was dealing with myself the wrong way. Like I wasn't, I wasn't showing myself grace. So how am I gonna show grace to others? Like, I didn't even know what that meant. Like, how did, how do I show That's myself good. grace? If I, hey, we make mistakes, show yourself. So then if I'm showing myself grace, I know that, okay, I can show that to others. You know, if I'm showing myself empathy, then I know that I can do that to others. If I'm listening to myself and my issues and my struggles, then I know that I can listen to others. And a lot of times, you know, the self-awareness and your faith with God come hand in hand because you start to realize that your relationship with others is only going to be as deep as your relationship with self, you know? And it's like, um, that goes for love relationships, work relationships, or even relationships with, you know, with our children, like, you have to, you have to be happy with yourself to be able to be happy with others, you have to be in a situation where you're content with who you are at that moment, so that you can show empathy to others, and so I think it's important to maintain that, and to just keep that focus of, like, the Proverbs 31 woman, we seek um, the wisdom of God, and not of the world, you know, like, the world's going to tell us, go and, you know, fire that person. And God in the back of your head is going to say, they made a mistake, show grace. And you might catch some heat because you say, hey, I'm giving them another opportunity and they want you to get rid of them. You're like, no, that's not, 
it's not that's not where it's not coming from the heart like i have to be able to have a decision and it has to be and it has to be with the wisdom of god not just with the with the world and everybody in the department is telling me and so i think it's important to maintain that you know um to not be focused on on the things of the world and i think that's the most important part and like you said the you know the the fruits like the fruits of the spirit it's, i agree with you they're not individual like you can't have one without the others you know and it's important to be able to understand all of those um in cohesion i think that's golden and i think you said a mouthful and for those that again aren't familiar with proverbs 31 if you there there's so many descriptions in there mm-hmm. Um, but I think in thinking about that leadership portion and many things that you just said, you know, one of the things that sticks out just in talking to you and watching you and a lot of things that you said um, is the portion where basically it says that, um, you know, she stretches out her hand to the poor and she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow of her household for all of her households are clothed with scarlet. And then basically it moves down to basically say that all the days of her life, she's kind. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest portion, what you said to yourself is how can I be kind to others? If I'm not kind to me, how yeah. can I show grace to others, if I can't show grace to myself. And, and, and I think that that also comes attached to the value that, that we, when we know Christ and how much he values us, then we can pretty much be able to see the value in ourselves. And all of that goes hand in hand. And when I can see the value in me, I can begin to see the value in others. One of the things that so much in how to treat people um, and and that I'm intentional about, you know, what I say and what I do, even if I have to be quiet, is that I'm not the only person that's God's child. Even that person that may have wronged, even that person have done something that I did not like before I lash out, they're his child too. Even if they don't know it yet. Right. They're his child too. And so if I can see here and say, you know, don't mess with a child of God, you know, you're going to feel his wrath. I'm his child. Right. They're his child too. And yeah. that, that perspective right there, it changed the way I lead. It really did. Because you know, in leadership, even today, somebody tried to get me to go left and I'm like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. do that. I'm excited about this call tonight. I'm not going to do it. But I had to remember, even in spite of what I said and what I don't like, they're his child as well. So if I'm kind and I continue to be kind, if I continue to exhibit, like we said, that love letter that we are, they may not have found them yet. Okay. Yeah. They may not be so lucky to find them yet, but we have to show them some grace. And we only do that when we learn to show ourselves grace first. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And, and, and one of those two, one of the verses too, is that she, she laughs without fear of the future. Like, and it, goes to, it circles back to like Luke 141, like blessed is she who believes that, you know what I mean? Like it, it, the Bible is like an infinite like circle of like everything kind of comes back and it reiterates a message throughout. And so it's important like to be happy and be con- comfortable knowing that like everything you're going through has a, has a purpose, you know? And so like you laugh without fear of the future. Like that for me is something like at the end of the day, like I know that whatever tomorrow brings, it's already written. There's nothing I can do today to change that. And so when you, when you live like that, it it makes tomorrow anxiety, you know, because you're like, yeah. let me just focus on today because tomorrow is already written and I'll, I'll get there when I get there, you know, and God's already written that. So, For sure. And one of my favorite parts and when I 
when he led me to speak and ask each of you that will uh, speak with us and just empower us all month was the 25th verse where it says strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in the time to come and you made me think of that right I know it's coming right I I don't know at the time but it goes back to what we said in the end we win he told us that yeah oh just like so he may not come when we want him but he'll be there on time we just Mm -hmm. in it and I think that's amazing golden golden (laughs) golden As we uh, start to wrap up, there are, of course, uh, a few things. There's two questions for those that are constant listeners to the podcast that they know I have to give Coach Patty. I have to give them to her to enshrine her into this servant leader family, to put her in the servant leader hall of fame. And the <laughs> ones is amazing because it, it kind of goes into one of the questions what, that I wanted to ask you earlier. Um, we stay physically we stay mentally fit by doing little things. You know, I've hopped on the Wordle bandwagon, um, messed up my streak the other day, but um, <laughs> all of these things to stay fit, right? Um, and in the midst of our busy days and lives, um, one of the things I try to often ask servant leaders is how do you make sure you're staying spiritually fit? So that's the first part of that question. Yeah. The enshrinement question says that I'm gonna give you a twofer. The enshrinement question is a part of my spiritually fed morning devotion. It's called my God is devotion, right? And so often just like those storms that I said earlier that come to blindside us, often we can forget who God is because we're paying attention to the scene, right? And so I often love to, whether I write or I'm just saying it, I'll just say to myself, God is, and I'll keep ripping off all the things that he is, all the things that he has been, all the things that I know he is going to be, all the things that he's not, right? Because sometimes we have to thank God for what he isn't, right? right? There's some things in this world that we see that people are, and I'm so thankful that he isn't. And even further than that, there are some things like the scripture says, he does not treat me as my sins would allow. So I'm yeah. so thankful that he isn't. Twofer, how do you stay spiritually fit? And then a part of my God is devotional. If I put a blank in there and I said, God is, how would you feel that spot? God is what to you? Um, the spirit, spiritually fit part, that's something that for me, like, and it goes back to like showing myself grace, right? There's times where like, I'll be very consistent. It's, it's kind of like working out, you know, you get very, very consistent for times and then you kind of fall off because life happens and then you have to roll it back in. Um, and I used to get really, um, I used to be, get very down on myself for like falling off my faith wagon, you know, and I started to realize like after I read that book that I told you about the practicing the presence of God, I started to realize like a lot of things um, that I thought was practicing and, and saying physically you know, spiritually fit was like, oh, you, this is how it looks, you know? And so, um, for example, like with me, like there's only so much I can do at work. So like the music that I have in the background, like I listen to jazz and I try to do a lot of like worship songs, you know, and so they don't have the words, but in my head, I'm like hearing the words in my head, even though it's instrumental. So I try to do that throughout the day. Um, the accessibility now, like I have some of my favorite pastors that I listen to their YouTube. So like, I'll put my headphone in and like, I'll be doing work and I'm listening to a sermon. So like Darius Daniels is one of my favorite, uh, Pastor Mike Todd. 
Sarah yes. Jakes Roberts. You know, these are the main ones. Like, and I, <laughs> I've been listening to them since they became, since before they were viral, you know, pastors. Yeah. But, um, you know, and they have sermons that have really gotten me out of my, my ruts, you know, and like, I have one that like, uh, with, I'm from San Diego. And so we have the Rock Church and Pastor Miles, Miles, um, Pastor Miles, he's, he has this sermon called Wired for Love. And so whenever I feel like an urge to get into like a relationship or somebody comes around and is like, oh my God, he's great. And then I'm like, let me reel it back in and go listen to this, this series and see if it aligns with, you know, being equally yoked and, and being that person in my life that's going to be equally yoked. And so a lot of times the answer is no, like you're falling into like the, um, you know, the flesh, like you're letting flesh guide you in this relationship. And so for me, staying spiritually fit, yes, it's something that I need to be more consistent with. And there are times where like I allow life to take over and I've had to like, again, like I told you, I had to show myself grace to where, um, you know, I have to make sure that I make it a point to be able to do to do to be in the presence of God and yeah even though I practice it 24 7 and like you know uh I think it was Paul said like you know we run that race 24 7 like yeah but I think it's at least the way I was shown that he deserves some undivided attention throughout the day you know and whether it's a morning bible study or a nighttime prayer or a lunch break you know prayer, whatever, like he deserves that, you know, he deserves that. And I think it's important to be able to exercise that muscle in the sense of, of that presence with God, undivided attention, because yeah, even though I'm listening to music, I'm still doing everything else I'm doing. I'm, he's not having my undivided attention. And for us to be able to hear him and listen to, and, and be guided by him, it, we have to give him that time, you know, so it's important for me. Um, to, to remember that to do that and I get caught all the time with like my day-to-days and like those days are like I'm like dang I didn't do anything or I didn't listen to any sermons or audiobooks I have audiobooks galore you know like I have um the bible in the audiobook I listen to it in, in the app um so it's a lot of there's a lot of accessibility these days to be able to practice that and stay spiritually fit but it's making the time and the effort to, to set you know set it aside to do that um so yeah, so that's definitely something I need to improve on and then continue to grow with. Um, but to answer your question, as far as like, you know, God is for me, um, one word that when I first came into my faith was omnipresent, right? And for me, it was like, what does that mean? You know, and so I had to, I had other people explain it to me, but then I also had to do my own research of like, what does that mean? And it goes back to practicing the presence of God. And so like this, this little book, I'll have to send you a copy, but it's like a little book and it's literally letters from um, a Brother Lawrence who was a cook at a church. He was a cook at a at like, at like this um, big church. And he, they used to tell him like, hey, how do you like practice the presence of God? And he's like, I do it when I cook. I do it when I cut my vegetables, like everything I'm doing. He's like, I'm, I'm in the presence of God. And they're like, wait, you pray too. And he's like, yeah, but everything I'm doing, he's like, I'm in the presence of God. And so, um, you know, when I, when I read that book, it went back to him being omnipresent. You know, he's in everything that we do. He's the end all be all. He's, he's our, everything that we do is touched by him, you know? And that's something for me that like, when I think of God, I think of like, okay, everything that I'm doing 
how I'm doing it, like he's watching, you know, and it's mm-hmm. one of those things where like, I want to be able to be at the end of my day and say, Hey God, I did everything I could with everything I had. And that's my go-to. Like, I just want to be able to finish on E, you know? And so for me, knowing that God is omnipresent in my life, it keeps me motivated to continue to do those things throughout my day. So that would be my one word. I love it. A powerful word it is. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like he walks with me, he talks me, talks with me, tells me that I'm his own. But to know he's there, I can walk through any door. I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death because he's going to be right there. Yeah. Right? And I think that's amazing. Yeah, you will have to send me a copy of the book. I think that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's a great one. For sure. And of course, this is the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study where servant leadership, serving and leading like Christ is at the center and the focal point of what we do. And I think it's such a beautiful thing when we can have so many different people from so many walks of life. And no matter what their title is, at the core of what they do, they recognize that it is Christ-driven. It is Christ. Mm -hmm. So we talk about servant leadership, but I'm on a mission to create this amazing definition, this like online spiritual webinar of what it means to serve like Christ. So when we talk about servant leadership, what does servant leadership mean to servant leader uh, Patty Medina? What does servant leadership mean? Um, for me, it means vulnerability. Mm. You know, it means vulnerability. Um, I'm a big Brene Brown fan. Um, and she talks about the power of vulnerability. I think that you can't be a leader if you aren't in tune with being vulnerable, you know, being able to say, um, I don't know what I'm doing, or you know what, I need help. Like being able to be vulnerable um, is so powerful. You know, like for me, I, I've only been here a month and a half and I've, I seek out help from other people because what I realize is that when I seek help from others and they're teaching me how to do something, it not only shows that I'm vulnerable and that I have strength in my vulnerability, but it gives them a sense of ownership in my success, you know, because at the end of the day, like if they're teaching me how to do something and I'm doing it correctly, I can go back and be like, oh, well, they taught me everything I know. Or if they taught me and I'm not doing it right, then it it still goes back and it says, oh, well, they taught me, you know, and so it provides that sense of ownership, you know, but it takes a lot of vulnerability to be able to say, hey, um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to your question, but let me find out, you know, and so I think being a servant leader, if I can summarize it to, to one focus, it would be vulnerability, like having the power of vulnerability, the power of being able to put yourself in other people's shoes, you know, be empathetic um, and, and just have awareness of others, you know, and have awareness of yourself and not try to, uh, trying to be that, that uh, strict leader, like the goody, you know, knows it all leader, like that's outdated, like it's outdated. Now the, the great leadership is saying, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I need help, um, you know, help me help you type thing. And so I think it's important to be able to keep that in the forefront of being a servant leader is is equal to showing your power and your vulnerability. I think that's huge, right? Uh, that's a big one. Uh, I'm reminded of a uh, servant leader, uh, Kiki Baker Barnes, Dr. Kiki Baker Barnes. She's huge. She's a servant leader. And uh, it's funny, I was listening to her episode this morning. She came on a while back and she was speaking about just that. She said, you all would be surprised in leadership how much people truly will respect you more if you just say you don't know. Yeah. You would be surprised if you would just 
open up. See, here's the thing. Most of us think we have to share our business. Right. That's what vulnerability is about. And I think that that was the biggest thing for me. And the reason I say that is because that I was that most people, right? I'm like, yeah. My business thing. Right. But what I've learned, and I call them glory moments and story moments, right? I've learned that we can't share the glory. So the glory is when we post on social media, right? I can take 30 pictures, 30 selfies till I get the perfect one, and I'm going to post that one, right? And you'll never know that it took me 30 tries to get the the filter just right. You're going to know what I posted. But see, those 29 flawed shots are the story moments. They're the times we fell down. They're the times we were in the valley. They're the times where we were depressed. They're the times where our heart was broken. They're the times where we didn't see God and we were going through, right? We don't share that. And it's those story moments right there that is the difference between that person believing him or just knowing him. Yeah. A lot of times people say, oh, you just seem like nothing phases you. Nothing bothers you. You're always so even keeled. And I'm like, honey, if only (laughs) my story moment, right? That's just that, that story moment. Let me tell you, it's that moment when I grab them, when you watch me to what you've seen, she's always happy. She's always good. Nothing ever bothers her. She never goes through anything. And when I have you hooked into that belief system, and you come to me to ask you why. So I remember Chris Kreider at Georgia State, he always says, he says, it's not my job to sit and chase you down to tell you about Christ and Bible being. Yeah. But my job is to walk in it. And that yeah. when the light shines on you, you come and you try to figure out what is it about this person? Yes. Now I yes. got you. And now it's my time to show you. And yeah. so those moments, we have to tell the story. You don't have to tell all your business, but yeah. you have to tell the story because understand that trial is not your own that obstacle that you went through is not your own that was for the testimony so that that person that went through that same thing that you did understood that you made it through because of this man and now they well who's this man that got you through because see i need him too and that's a vulnerability and leadership allows us to do yeah absolutely like me i'm telling you now it's not your business okay they want to know the business maker okay that's it they don't want to be all they want to know who took you through your business right it's like that meme that like i have a story that'll make you believe in god you know it's like that's the story that that's the business that we need to be telling you know and um at the end of the day like when people say oh hey like i can't believe you went through all that and you still overcame and at the end of the day like my answer is i would go through it all over again because it's part of my testimony you know it's part of my testimony and it's who I am and and why I'm where I'm at, you know? And so it's like, I would literally everything I went through, hardest, ugliest, you know, lowest times, like we, you get to a point where you're like, everything that I went through made me who I am. And there, there was always a reason for it, you know? And I know that he's not done yet. And I know that there's going to be hard times still coming out, you know, but at the end of the day, like I have full trust that, you know, we're going to come out of it and it's only going to be added another chapter to our testimony you know come on so, patty i love that come analogy on. though the selfie analogy i'm gonna have to use that one that's it you got <laughs> it you can have it that's what it's for right see that was my vulnerability that gave it yeah. to you. got it but see here's the thing and you just made me think of, please be patient with me one of my songs god is not through with me yet mm-hmm. when god gets through with me i shall come forth i shall come forth i shall come forth as yeah. pure gold 
And I think that that is the biggest piece that we have to understand. We're going to go through. Y'all, we're going to go through. I need yeah. to understand that. There's no escaping that. Yeah. And what your go-through is, is different from my go-through. But there is a go-through with everybody's name on it. I'm just going to go yeah. ahead and do that, give it to you. you we, being a Christian, getting and walking in this faith does not assure you that you're not going to go through. What it assures you is that you have somebody that's going to be omnipresent. See, right. Patty, through it all. Right. And when you do that, it allows us, it allows us to now have a track record. Right. Don't nobody want to hire somebody to have have work experience, job experience. Right. You could be the best person at what you do, but what's the first thing people want to say? Okay, talk about this job experience. Tell me about your last Mm -hmm. year. Tell me about, right. And so what what I'm able to do with God's resume is tell you about his last job. Yeah. Tell you about his last job when he healed me. Tell you about his last job when he saved me when I could have lost my mind. Tell him about his last job when he paid that bill when you didn't know where the money was coming from. Yeah. So all of that to say, my people, we don't want to know your business. Right. You have to be able to share both story and glory. I think that's yeah. important. You know? No, it, it's, it's important. And you're absolutely right. It's something that it's only going to bring people closer to God because they don't want something that just looks perfect on the outside and not knowing what you really went through. I tell people all the time, like, because they'll say, oh, you know, you want to, they want to grow in their faith with God. I'm like, are you ready? Because <laughs> are, are you Yolanda Adams? Are you, you know, ready? Because he's going to, he's going to put you through it, you know, and not because it, it's a, it's a curse or not because it's a punishment. It's, it's, Flatter, you should be flattered when God puts you through things because he knows that at the end of the day, everything you go through, you're still going to glorify him. You know, it's like Job, like he went through everything, lost everything. And at the end of the day, he he glorified him, you know? And so it's one of those things where it's like, when you walk with God, you better be ready because he's going to like use you to the fullest. And because he knows that at the end of the day, the good, the ugly, the bad, you're going to glorify him. You're going to give him praise when things are good and you're going to give them praise when things aren't good. And so I, I think that's something that's important for people that are, are considering their walk with God is that, Oh, it's going to be all great. And, you know, beautiful. And it's like, oh, no, not really. Like you're going to be tested because he knows that at the end of the day, you know, you're going to give him the glory. So um, yeah. I want to be battle tested. Tell you that. Right. Right. <laughs> battle tested. Okay. I want yeah. When look, you're not about to have the ball in your hands with three seconds to go if I haven't seen you make a shot all game. It's yeah. not, I want to be battle tested. Yeah. I love it. Oh, Patty. Oh my <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you. Yes, this is so great. much. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much just for your time. I took all the time. Time is that one thing in life. I can't return this to you. I can't give you this owl back. I can't exchange it for something else. It is gone and we're not going to get it back. But what it is going to do is it's going to be a reflective hour for time and time to come. Yeah. One person that needs to hear the very thing that you offered today. I thank you just for your servanthood, for being and embodying that Proverbs 31 woman in the midst of a, a profession that everyone doesn't walk that path. So I thank you for being one of his soldiers on the front line to infiltrate the sports world, as I always say. I thank you so much for that. Let me give you an opportunity to say any kind of final word of encouragement that you want to say, anything you want to say before we close out. I'm going to give you that. But thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here. Man, I want to give you your flowers, you know, for for offering. And I, I know you're not going to take them because you're a recruiter <laughs> for God. And 
you're, you know, I, you're like me, you're a conduit of blessings, not a cul-de-sac, you know, so I think it's, but it is important for me to give you your flowers because you're creating this platform, especially for women to be able to speak on things that like, we don't get a chance to speak on, you know, because we, I know that in certain offices, like when we have conversations like this, we're seen as weak-minded or we're seen as like sensitive and, you know, all these things that like, should actually make us strong and so for the fact the fact that you are able to create this platform where not only are we talking about faith but we're also talking about servant leadership like and the fact that it's so all women's guest speakers for this month on women's history month like man i just wanted to give you your flowers and thank you for having me in this in this in this space and in this time no, I appreciate for that. And I will take your flowers. I'm going to get better at that. I will take your flowers. Because right when I started, you were like, <laughs> and I was like, just take them. <laughs> take my flowers. I'm like, take my flowers, please. <laughs> I really do appreciate that. And I think one of the biggest things that, you know, we have to continue to do. And like I said, when you got on here, when we first spoke, you know, you and I agree, it's not about us. And yeah how we move. And that's typically the attribute of every servant leader. We know it's not about us. So right. a little bit, it, but it's humbling and I appreciate it for sure. And, uh, you know, my prayer is to always continue to be able to do and be, um, to, to bring that so that we can, you know, chain together more servant leaders, yeah. with this leadership and sports realm. So thank you for that. Um, before we go, as always, I want to cover you. I want to cover everybody listening. So if you bow your heads, Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for today. Uh, we know today is not promising. You gave it to us anyhow. I thank you for the rising, Lord God. I thank you for the going through, Lord God. And I thank you now as we prepare for another rest, Lord God. Thank you for servant leader, Patty Medina, Lord God. I ask that you touch her, touch her family, touch everything that she extends through. Touch her foundation, Lord God. Help it to grow. I pray the prayer of Jabez on it, Lord God, that it would extend Lord God, blessed indeed, Lord God, that it would enlarge territories like in the in the going out, the coming in, the international, Lord God, those that need her, Lord God, bless it to extend there. I pray for Hartford, Lord God. I pray for all of the things that need her attention, her servanthood, Lord God. Give her the energy, Lord God. Give her the time, Lord God. Give her the attention to seek you further, Lord God. I ask that you just bless every servant leader, every person that this call will reach, Lord God, whatever their point of need is. I don't have to know what they need, Lord God, but you know, bless them and touch them at their point of need, Lord God. But most of all, help us to walk in the Proverbs 31 mindset. Rather, we're men or women, Lord God, those attributes are the same. Help us to walk in the servanthood and the likeness of you. But most of all, help us to be lights so that those that may not know you can find you. And your son Jesus name will always pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. I Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And my favorite line of the podcast, servant leader, Patty Medina, you are now a part of the servant leader family. Hey. And An come honor. on in, join us, join the <laughs> ranks. I'm putting the jacket over you like Brown. <laughs> but I thank you so much just for being here. I know that you will be one that I will continue to reach out to check yes. out. Um, and I appreciate you all. We appreciate every single person for listening. Stay tuned because we have amazing, amazing women so many. that are coming to follow. So I ask that you just continue to, to bear with us, stay with us, pray with us. And we thank you for listening tonight and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.